Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Orgullo Hispano. I am your host, Hector Sabido. It is truly an honor to be here. Uh, but this month, we are actually very excited because we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And over the next few episodes, you will see individuals that uh, have come to the States or have, have made their life here uh, that are from different parts. And normally in Central Texas, we see a lot of people of Mexican descent. But this month, we are actually being very strategic and wanting to highlight individuals from other Latin American countries. Uh, but before I introduce you to my guest, I want to thank Link, our sponsor of this month's episodes. Link is a product of Extraco Banks, so we truly appreciate uh, their support um, as they are sponsoring Orgullo Hispano this month. Uh, but to introduce a good friend of mine, Daniela Rodriguez. Daniela, welcome so much. Thank, uh, thank you for being here. Very excited to be here. Well, thank you. And I know since you've been um, in Waco, we'll talk about that a little bit I mean you hit the ground running my friend and so I see you everywhere I see you're involved in a lot of things uh, but one of the things that I love about you is uh, the different diversity and culture that you bring to our beautiful city but for the guests and maybe that don't know you could you tell us a little bit about you know your journey where you're from your family upbringing things like that sure so uh, I was born in Bogota, Colombia mm -hmm. to a Mexican-American mom okay. and a Colombian dad. Oh, wonderful. Um, my mom, my grandfather was um, one of the Peace Corps ambassadors in the 70s okay. of Central and South America. So wow. they happened to be blessed to travel all over Central and South America. They started in El Salvador and made their way down to the Amazon and then up to Colombia. Love it. Yeah. So they happened to be going to a middle school and my mom and dad met literally in middle middle school in Bogota. <laughs> so they are like sweethearts for a lifetime. <laughs> for <then. laughs> a lifetime. Yes. Um, mom moved back to the United States, um, okay. joined the military. Okay. And um, so she's a veteran. And sure. um, after they finished, she actually went back to visit and then they fell in love and here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, you were born in Bogota. Yes. When, how old were you when you moved to the States? So I was eight years old. We okay. moved in 1995 after and, kind of a slew of situations that were going on in Colombia oh, sure, at the time. Sure. Yeah. And to Texas you moved? Yes, we moved right to Texas. That's okay. where mom's from. And so um, high school here, college here, and then eventually you made your way to Waco. So why 
Waco. What brought you to Waco? So a, a few different things. Okay. It started with work. So okay. we're in real estate, me and my fiance, Stinson Blandar. Uh-huh. Um, and so we started seeing that we were going to be making investments in town and started spending more time here. Um, we also fell in love with the community and a lot of our friends started becoming you know, bigger and better friends. So we started finding ourselves spending a ton more time here in Waco. Love and it. Uh, yeah, COVID kind of gave us the opportunity to work from home and make our move. So wow. we did that in 2020. So you've been in here since 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Right in the middle of COVID. Um, how has it been since you've moved to Central Texas? So to be honest, uh-huh. I was very fearful. Of course. I, I was used to being in big cities. Right. Even when I was in Columbia, I was part of big cities. Right. So I was used to that type of lifestyle. Uh-huh. Um, I had a job in Dallas that had a lot to do with, you know, being a part of, you know, chambers and all kinds of big parties and events. And sure. so um, one of the biggest things, my hesitation was that I'd never lived in a smaller town. Right. Um, and so the more I spent time here, the more I realized that that wasn't necessarily a problem at all. I love it. Um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it here. Um, the community is part of what has made the decision to stay here easier. We had we had made a deal of a spit pact <laughs> that um, we would stay for two years. <laughs> and if in two years it wasn't the right place specifically for me and my career, that uh-huh. we would think about, you know, moving back sure. to one of the larger sure. cities. And but, now we're here three but years. <laughs> now you're here three years. So obviously it's working out for yes, you. Yes, yes. And, and so you're in stay. real estate also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would consider you probably one of the few bilingual Um, and Latina real estate agents in our area. What does that mean to you? So it's part of... Part of the other reason of loving being in this community Mm -hmm. is that I get to serve it. I don't think I've ever had a job in my life where I actually interacted one-on-one with so many people Mm -hmm. and so so many different um, lifestyles and and different types of monetary incomes and social economic impact that we get to see here. And so um, part of what's so neat about being a realtor in this town is that I get to see so many different wonderful cultures Mm -hmm. and people. Mm -hmm. It's part, and and then I get to use my Spanish for whatever reason in my other jobs. It just wasn't a primary focus. And I had always looked for jobs and wanted that as a goal to be able to use it and to help both communities um, and be able to use my language. So it's really, really been wonderful. I I would say I probably get to speak Spanish every day now. Awesome. (laughs) Well, so, you know, I'm curious about that because as I mentioned in the opening, a lot of the Latinos or Hispanics that we have in Central Mm -hmm. Texas are from Mexican descent. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as we know, and as we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, it encompasses uh, so much more than just Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so for you being from Colombia and representing Colombia here in Central Texas, what is that like? What is that feeling like? And, And even maybe like some of the things that maybe you have had uh, not a hard time overcoming, but just uh, differences uh, that you would see that you didn't expect and, and how that has worked in your favor here. Sure. I think um, as, there weren't very many Colombians that I have, have met, okay. even, whether it was here or in Dallas or okay. any other places right, that I grew up. Right. So the food part is a big, big miss for me. Like, I mean, <laughs> if I go, I go to Houston a lot just to eat bacacones okay. and to eat different Colombian foods because I eat, well, whether I can make them or not, it's just a lot more difficult and more fun <laughs> if somebody else is doing it for you. So one of the biggest things. And a lot less I, work. Exactly, huh? exactly. And a lot less grease in your right. kitchen. That's part of the problem too. Um, so I do, I miss the food a 
lot. Um, uh-huh. That's probably one of the things that I get the most homesick over is yep. just my grandmother's cooking. Um, and then even just the way that we communicate, the way the language is spoken is different uh-huh. between me and um, someone who might be born in Mexico City or even somebody that's born here in Waco. Right. We all have different dialects. Sure, absolutely. And, so, and yeah, I mean, part of it's also just that people are used to being in their own communities. Correct. And so at first you feel like you're an outsider and that's just you making things up in your own head. But I think that that was one of my biggest Yeah, absolutely. And I can up. see that. Yeah, was feeling not part, not, not Mexican enough, not American enough, right. not Colombian enough. Right. And so I think that that's always been a struggle um, until now that I'm older and I see it as a, a, a big positive. Yeah. I mean, getting to see the world in different perspectives yeah. just allows us to understand what we have in common. Yeah. So When I even think, you know, and I think you would attest to this, is one of the beautiful things about our culture, Latino culture, is that we come in different skin tones. We come with different color of hair. We come with different color of eyes. We come with different foods that we love. Uh, but yet the thing that unites us is the Latino blood that runs through us. Um, and I think someone like you that maybe is what I would consider a minority in this Hispanic conglomerate that we have here in Central Texas, uh, that you would still see that as a positive and be proud Absolutely. of who you are, where you're from, and that you have something to offer just like everybody else. Absolutely. And I think it just takes knowing that there's strength in absolutely everything. Yep. Um, and I think once you realize that and you know that there, that you, you make spaces for yourself in absolutely. that way. Absolutely. Um, along with that we're not that different. We do come from similar backgrounds and we've been taught, even though the, the minor things might be mm-hmm. different, that mm-hmm. a lot of it's still the same. The way we're with family. Correct. The way we can work in our own communities amongst Correct. each other, um, the way we save money, all kinds of different <laughs> things are, are interesting because you you do, you start seeing so many different similarities yep. the more people you get to meet. Absolutely. Now, do you go back home to Colombia a lot? I do. My awesome. dad's still there. Okay. So I get to go and go do vacations with him and nice. spend birthdays. And so we try, I try to go back at least once a year. So you love visiting home. Oh, I love it. And I miss it all the time. It's one of, I wish it was just a little closer. <laughs> like right. if I could drive there in five right. hours, it would be amazing. So. Wow. That is amazing. I think <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful though. Yes. So, so let me ask you something Daniela so like I said when I first met you like you were everywhere and even getting to know you over the years you're still heavily involved in the community a what all are you involved in I want to ask that besides your real estate business and I know you and Stinson have your own business as well but also B, what motivates you to want to be involved in your community sure I think I was realizing that I was lonely first of all, like in mm-hmm. Waco, I didn't have, I, yes, I had friends, but I didn't know that many people. And what I started realizing was, oh, I'm just not spending time doing what I enjoy, which is spending time with my community. Right. I happen to be blessed to get to do it in my last job. And mm-hmm. so I was throwing events for cities and doing chamber events. And I, and that's where I go, oh my goodness, I, I need to be doing that. Right. And that's how you're going right. to find this joy that you've been missing you in go. this community. And so I was blessed to start, you know, as soon as COVID lifted, I started putting myself in situations where I was going to get to meet people. You were yep. one of the first people I met. <laughs> we met at Union Hall That's right. and had lunch. And, I remember. Um, I was specifically asking for Latino leaders mm-hmm. in the area. I knew that that's something that was here and that was something that was important to me and that that's kind of the where I wanted to start my right. my my any kind of volunteerism or anything like that I wanted to just tell people I was uh-huh. available and had time for that and so I really kind of just started letting people know I was available and slowly but surely I'm on four boards oh my goodness so I'm on the creative Waco board which okay. is amazing and we do all kinds of wonderful work with youth and um and and artists in the yep. area they they work on all kinds of events from chalk walk to right. Dia de los Muertos right. and if you 
you see murals in town, that's part of what they do. Right. And so they do amazing work. With so, so the, and people. for those that don't know, Creative Wake was more like the umbrella of the arts community Correct. here in Central yes, Texas. It's, it's, it's a nonprofit that, um, that has certainly grown in the last five right. to eight years. And um, they have a wonderful leader in Fiona Bond, and mm -hmm. she does amazing things with the city and for the city. Any kind of artwork structure that you see in Waco and a lot of the wonderful, beautiful things that we mm -hmm. see in town are done through that umbrella. Right, so I right. really am blessed to be a part of Wonderful. that. I enjoy it very much. I love much. that. Um, the next one that I was kind of tapped for, which you tapped me for, was... <laughs> we won't tell everybody else that. <laughs> ...was Hispanic Leaders Network, uh -huh. which was actually um, in conjunction to the Hispanic Chamber. I was working mm -hmm. with both, and um, and I started just helping with events, and, right. and now I'm on their board and right. help with many wonderful events sure. throughout the year and in sure. the community. And that allows me to, again, use my Spanish and, and meet all of our local Latino wonderful people. Mm -hmm. And um, part of what I love about that organization is that we're also helping youth and sure. leaders and, 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 and gaining kind of that little extra momentum yep. that I know that I definitely needed, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're in, in spaces that you don't know that you're welcome. I right. think it's so important to find mentorship um, and to also help others there you go. Um, in other positions. There so, you go. So that's you paved the way for others. Yes. Exactly. That's my motto. <laughs> exactly. And it's, this is an easy place to do it. This right. town is full of people who want to learn and also want to give. Uh -huh. And so, and that's part of what's been so it makes me want to join more organizations, sure, you know, just sure, because absolutely. there's so much excitement and right. people wanting to actually do things right. to help. There you go. I love it. I love yeah. it. So that's two. So that's two. So I'm also on the Dr. Pepper mm -hmm. board, which is the museum that's uh -huh. uh, over by the silos. Uh -huh. It's been here since, I think, the early 1900s. Yep. And um, it's a really cool board. That one um, is a lot bigger. And uh -huh. so um, I get to spend a lot more time thinking about five years ahead of time Wonderful. with that one and, and about the future of Waco and about what, Love you it. know, life with the silos, life during the silos, even life after the silos. Mm -hmm. There's all of these different conversations that mm -hmm. we get to have with that museum because of the culture and background and history that it's got. We know that it's going to mm -hmm. be here for a really long time. So. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah. It's cool. So, so you are busy. I'm busy. Well, and one thing that I appreciate about that is that you are in places. So historically speaking, even being a native Wacoan, uh, Sometimes these nonprofit organizations, we didn't have that representation right. uh, for many, many years, historically speaking. And now you see more individuals like yourself that are heavily involved in nonprofit organizations, and they are giving a platform uh, for our voices and our point of views and our um, ideas to be heard and discussed. And I think it is extra important, even personally speaking, I think when the board um, like the Dr. Pepper board or Creative Waco, et cetera, et cetera, have that diversity in there. It just makes it that much stronger because you have different points of views uh, that make the organization more, more holistic, I should say. Absolutely. I've been on boards where nobody looks like me. Mm -hmm. um, in Dallas, especially, I was on many, many boards where there wasn't even one person of the same sex right. as me, let alone a Latino. Right. Um, and it does make a huge difference right. because you can keep having the same conversations that you've been having for years. Or you can have and hear uh, different perspectives that maybe you just because you think the same way as somebody else haven't thought of. It doesn't right. mean that you think wrongly. It just means that you don't think in that perspective. There you go. And so, you don't have those experiences. Exactly. And I think even just uh, the differences w within the different communities that we're involved with here in, in mm -hmm. Waco, just having somebody from different neighborhoods and different socioeconomic standing and different education. I think mm -hmm. all of that gives us perspective. And right. I think it's important if we have boards or government or anything like that for everyone to be represented there you go. because everybody needs to have their voices heard. There you go. Now, I do want to pivot a little bit to one of the major 
projects that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, but it's uh, the Floyd Casey project. Yes. Um, so with the company that you work for, Turner Behringer, um, they are the developers for the Floyd Casey area that is over 100 acres um, that is of open land mm -hmm. in the core of a city, which is really unheard of in Absolutely. any city. And so um, you, along with the company, have been hosting meetings and town hall meetings to discuss what do you want to see in this? What type of projects, what streets are going to be named to pay homage to really to uh, the Latinos and the Hispanics before us, because it is centrally located in South Waco, which is Correct. what I would consider the part of the, the part of the city that's historically more Latinos or Hispanics living in that area. So tell us about that project, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Turner Brothers is now the umbrella that it's under. It's they, they are the developer. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that have been they've been working with the city for for years now, mm -hmm. and um, just they they came to decide on that location. Um, it, it's not developed, and so we're right. not tearing down homes. There's Correct. nothing. So it's something that's amazing. A brand new, you know, planned neighborhood somewhere where we really haven't had we haven't had the opportunity to have something like that in Waco because it was already built out. Right. And so to have that amount of space and to be able to build homes in different sizes and different um, price points. So the idea is that there's going to be everything from what we would consider a starter home, a town home, upwards of larger single family mm -hmm. buildings with backyards. There's going to be a shared. There's a creek that goes underneath mm -hmm. that area, and which so is beautiful, by the gorgeous. way. It's gorgeous. The city's helping build a park in that area. I love it. And and there'll so be businesses like commercial would, areas, correct. well, correct. So there's commercial lots and there's commercial just pad sites that can be built up to whatever mm -hmm. the community chooses and whoever comes in and buys those lots. And um, and the idea with the town hall we had been getting feedback in general uh we had been hearing different we the 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 city wants to have names and um buildings and libraries mm. and all kinds of things reflect who we right. are and if waco is 37 percent latino and growing then the streets and the names and all of those wonderful right. things should reflect all of those wonderful and things. oddly enough i'm sure you know this but there are no streets in the city of Waco that have Latino names. Yes. So we're in 2023, <laughs> uh, and yet, so that's why it really caught my attention when a couple months ago you hosted a town hall right. about, hey, we wanna hear from the community. Correct. What are, even to the street names, give us your input. Yes. I love that. And it was wonderful. We got all kinds of information and feedback. I mean, anything from, hey, let's make it Star Wars names to <laughs> the majority was obviously, let's, 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 talk about Hispanic heritage and about Waco heritage. Right. We had all kinds of wonderful people of all different colors and creeds come and speak Love it. on the behalf of their families, on behalf of, you know, their heroes and 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 on behalf of the community right. at large. I mean, it was wonderful to hear everybody's input. We got to hear all these wonderful stories about people's backgrounds and how important they were. Some coaches and mm -hmm. um, chairs of committees and women that worked in all kinds of charities or even just abuelas that mm -hmm. were arms open all the time, ready to feed any kid mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. So it was really wonderful to hear those stories. What was wonderful about this is that it's a small project. There's only so many streets to name. But the park is available for naming, and then there's all kinds of... Sure. It opens this conversation up with the city and with everybody else in Waco of what do we want this community to look like as it continues to grow, which it's going to. Absolutely. And so if we include each other in those conversations, then we're, we're again, it's that whole listening idea of if we can represent, even if it's just letting a five-year-old mm -hmm. see their last name on a street name in a place where they've never seen it before, 
it makes a huge difference Absolutely. in a child's life. It makes a huge difference in, in somebody who's been here for four generations Correct. and has never seen it. Correct. Um, we saw people crying and excited at the town hall mm -hmm. about just the idea of representation, right. not even a decision yet. Right. And so this is wonderful. It's a, it's a great way for the city now to take that and to take ownership over, you know, how do we name things right, in the future? Right. And I think it's just the beginning of a really large conversation happening what, around the country. And I think the other cool part about it is that you did these meetings, the company did these meetings, both in Spanish and in English, which we're touching on another part of, of language and language equity in our community, um, which I know you've also been a huge proponent of. Um, and so honestly, I don't have anything to ask you i just want to say thank you for being that sensitive and being that keen to say hey if we're going to do this we need to do this right, right. and that means offering it not only for our english speakers but for our spanish speakers as well because we have a lot yes. in our community that are either spanish only or spanish dominant speakers and to be able to have information that's going to impact them in their native language, I think it's very important. So yeah. thank you. Absolutely. It's, thank you. It's, it's also a funny thing. It's it's all of our native language, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're sitting in Texas in this place where there's a lot of Spanish speakers. Agree. And there always has been, and there has been for a lot longer than there was English speakers. Right. And so it's an interesting way to say, A, we're paying homage and we're making sure we can communicate, but also why wouldn't we want such a large part of our community to not just be a part of, but understand what's happening in their community, right. I think it allows people to be more involved when you are inclusive. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and one of the things, so I'm going to pivot to another thing because I want to catch all this before we run out of time. <laughs> but because you're in real estate, um, another area is Latino and Latina homeowners. Absolutely. Um, how important is that to you? And how do you think we can do our, our part in helping our community that way? Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest heartaches and the biggest... Um, excitements mm -hmm. that I have in this industry and in what I've gotten to see in the last three years. I think um, in our community and in many other minority communities, we, we don't see as much home ownership and, mm -hmm. and as much generational wealth that's mm -hmm. being given from generation to generation. Um, and that's partially based off of education and based off of access. Sure. And so sure. I think what's super important and what Waco is doing well is that they're starting all of these educational programs. That's part of how you engage the community. If you can teach one person who's maybe mother and grandmother only speak Spanish, but they feel finally comfortable to come ask yes, questions absolutely. and know that they can afford and have all of these programs that will support them in affording a new home, mm -hmm. then we can get a family multiple homes where mm -hmm. they might have decided to rent because it was easier. Right. Or they might go into what I have seen a lot of, which are these really kind of aggressive and um, I want to call it predatory um, it is. You can call it. It is yeah. predatorial. And we see them in town and it breaks my heart. And mm -hmm. so I think this is a way for us to protect ourselves. Yep. We protect our money so much and right. we protect our families. Why wouldn't we want to take an extra step there into protecting go. everything around our us community. as we're making yep. a giant purchase Amen. in our lives yep. and make sure that, you know, we're paying for that little bit of extra money to, to, to double check on things. Right. And we're getting a house that's in good standing and that actually belongs to us. Correct. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've yep. been doing in this community is outreach and making sure that we own the homes that we think that we own. And then just making all kinds of in informational and, and accessible things happen in the community sure. so that people can come learn or that one person in the community might decide to come <laughs> learn and, then, and tell their friends about sure. it. So we've seen a lot of that. So I'm going to ask you one more question before we end, okay? And um, I want to hear your thoughts. And this is something that I do with my guests, but uh, especially because it's Hispanic Heritage Month, I'm going to switch up the question a little bit. What does being Latino mean to you? 
So, um, for me, it's uh, a huge part of my identity, obviously. Um, I think it means to be passionate and strong and community oriented. Um, I think being Latina has taught me um, how to stand up for myself and and to have pride. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's given me a bigger community than I could have ever hoped for. So, for me, I think it's, it's just, it's pride. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's being part of this, um, bigger thing that, um, we all get to share and, and this big history from all of the countries that we're from that we all somehow get to share. And, and it's wonderful. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Daniela, thank you for being our guest and thank you for being my first guest during Hispanic Heritage (laughs) Month. If people wanted to contact you, whether it's about real estate, home buying, the Floyd Casey project, or just how to get involved in the community, how can they contact you? So they can, they can find me on my website. It's dannysellstexas.com. And that's S-E-L-L-S. S-E-L-L-S. And Danny is D-A-N-I. Okay. So dannysellstexas.com. I'm on all the social media portals. So Facebook. Facebook or Instagram, you can find me. It's also Danny Sells Texas. Uh-huh. And um, on my website, you'll find phone number and all of that fun stuff. Great. You can email me on any of that. Well, so awesome. it's, uh, I'm easily accessible Good. if anybody's Good. looking for questions. <laughs> well, thank you once again for joining us thank today. You. Thank you to the audience. Please make sure you check out our other guests that we will be having over the next several weeks as we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Once again, Thank you to Link, a product of Extra Co. Banks, for being our sponsor. And until next time, take care. This episode of Ogullo Espano was made possible through the generosity of these sponsors. The Hispanic Leaders Network is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Our vision is to develop and empower current and future leaders to make a difference in the community. To sponsor a future Ogullo Espano podcast episode, Visit our website at www.hln-waco.org or email us at hlnwaco at hln-waco.org. Hola, hola, hola.